Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. What's up? Happy Thursday, everybody. Good to have you with us. Um, Where's Thursday? It is. I, I, I told you, man. I, I write it down. It's Thursday. I always know what day it is because I either look at my phone right before we start and I have it written down, too, every day. Thursday. Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. You can call us, 615-737-1045. I write all this stuff down. That way I'll never forget it. Blaine and Mickey, that's the name of the show. I, <laughs> I wrote that down, too. <laughs> well, you are Mickey Ryan, and I am the Blaine Bishop, the hitman, <laughs> and Lucas Panzikas from all over the place. It's you name it, he, he's, he's been there. That is true. He's our international student. So if Blaine is the hitman... And I've had many nicknames on this show, including one that Blaine gave me one day in a uh, Dickens Turf Supply, where he called me the blower because they had all these power tools. And so we're sitting there, and it's Blaine and Brent and me, and, and Brent's like, they got a lot of equipment in here. And Blaine's like, yeah, man, it's some good stuff. And and they've been trying to give me a nickname, and Blaine's like, look at these blowers. You could be the blower. And so, so for like six months, hashtag the blower was everywhere, but I'm glad that that blew over. <laughs> so I, yeah. I, I have to ask you, Lucas, do you, should we be calling you like killer or some nickname that you have? Fertilizer. Nobody really knows. Dong. Do you maybe, have a nickname? I mean, yeah. Some, maybe, maybe your mom calls you. <laughs> That's what I'm, you know, some, yeah. you know, a lot, a lot of people don't know everybody that, that, that grew up around me and my family. They call me Woody. Yep. Yeah. See, so. There's a lot of things out there. I don't know. Lucas, you're smiling, but is there another name that we don't know about? Well, we did this, right? We talked about nicknames that you grew up with a few weeks I, ago. Oh, about me, but not you. No, I, I think I told you. In, in high school, my nickname was Juke. Oh, I don't remember you saying that. It was my la- obviously my last name, Panzika. So on, on the soccer team, my freshman year on my so- Maybe on it's soccer com- team. I feel like Celine Dion. It's all coming back to yeah, you. Yeah, coming back to you. Oh, they, Juke. They call me Pachuca because... Pachuca. Yeah, because the guys from Mexico on the team couldn't pronounce my last name. Or they could, but they called it Pachuca because Pachuca, Panzika. Pachuca is a Mexican city and soccer club. And it just evolved into Chuca and then Juke. And then basically J-U-K-E is like my entire senior year. Nobody called me by my real name. Hmm. Like, it's not, it sounds really cool, but it's not because know, of my man. athletic ability. Does, does it? <laughs> whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. What do you mean because of your athletic ability? What, 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 what kind of, well, you know, go nobody, into this a little bit. Nobody yeah. called me Juke because I could, like, Juke people out or anything. Okay. Like, oh. that's what I'm saying. Like, it it's might like, give that off. Why you call a real big guy tiny is what you're saying. It was right. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was the opposite. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay, okay. So you say you weren't the guy out there juking people Oh, I, I accepted the nickname because I was like, listen, if people think that I'm out there just, you know, breaking ankles, I'm good with that. It's not the truth, but I'm so good with it. So literally, we're we're about a day away from this show being called Hitman Juke and the Blower. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of juking, was, was A.B. not able to juke people is why he was ready to, to go to go to blows because he felt like he was getting held out there at camp today? Allegedly, yesterday, he beat Elijah Molden on a route and said, according to Jim Wyatt, this bleep is too easy as he was running by him and then Whoa. dropped like four balls after that, and then he was a little upset today and got kicked out for a minute. Oh, yeah, because he got ripped in film. Like, oh, okay, you're open, but you're not because you dropped the ball. Mm-hmm. You're, you're supposed to be yesterday. a potential maybe Hall of Famer. You know, you don't drop that many balls. Yeah. Yep. And then today he got held and got shut down, and he didn't like it. So he wanted to pout and start swinging blows, and they said, uh-uh, sir, go inside, and your temper tantrum, go to the corner. 
Same old AB. Mm-hmm. He has not changed one iota. And he came back out there, and what did he do? He was just, all right, we go back to work. I think so. I, I don't think there were, was, there were four skirmishes today. Four, four. you know, bust-ups. Four. Players shoving each other. Right, okay, we got the AB. Who were the other people involved? Do you know? I'm not positive. See what Jimmy uh, here's what I got. AB and Chris Jackson, and this is per multiple reports. AB and Chris Jackson. Right. Then our own Buck Rising said Fred Brown got on top of a Bucks player at one point, uh, and both teams swarmed at midfield around him. This is during special teams. That didn't sound real good. Fred Brown, downtown Brown, is on top of another player. And like, and wouldn't let him up or something after a drill, I guess. Then there was another special well, you're, you're supposed to say he pancaked him. And he wouldn't let him up. See, we're we're not on the street and talking about, hey, he was on top of him fighting. (laughs) And yeah, this is, let's go use football terms. I'm reading. I'm reading. (laughs) I'm just reading. I I didn't see it. This is Buck. Fred Brown gets on top of a Bucks player on the ground. And and both teams swarm at midfield during punt work, quickly separated. But it's Uh, spicy today, he said. Okay. Then the next one, uh, another special teams fight. This may have been from one of the Tampa Bay people. This time it was K.J. Brett and Nick DeZubnar. So, like, that dude, the ink is not dry on his contract. He's like, wait, fly me to Tampa. I'll punch somebody in the mouth. Well, special teams is, you know, you know all these guys we're naming are backup guys who are fighting for their, for their roster. jobs. Except their lives. AB, yes. Yeah, I mean, well, not A.B., but right. that who was one of Like ones. you said, he's just A.B. Yeah, he's just A.B. But, uh, yeah, these other guys are, are fighting uh, to, to keep their roster spot. And you start feeling that pressure, especially if the coach – after watching one day, he starts getting after you a little bit through in the film, and you get, okay, all righty. So tomorrow, I'm going to win. You make sure of it, whether it's either side of the ball. So if you want to say the Titans won, uh, Lucas, based off what you're getting reports from, uh, you know, everybody that's down there, including Buck, yesterday, do you think the Tampa Bay won today, or do you think neither one won either day? I, I don't know that I would have enough information to make make that determination. Titans Amy, though, she could probably help us out with that. Oh, uh, yes, who we have on today. Soon. Yeah, like 12, 13 minutes she'll be joining us. If I just had to say I'm going to read everybody's tone who tweeted stuff, it looked like the Titans got the best of them yesterday, and it looked like the Bucks got the best of the Titans today. Right. And so we sat down, and we were talking about that, and you said, well, here's what happened. They practiced, and everybody went and looked at film. And if you were the Bucks coaches, you're like, oh, look at you. Yeah. Hey, man. Y'all got beat up today. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or here, here's what you do. Here's what the coaches do. Send to me and say, hmm, did they win the Super Bowl or did we? Because this guy's owning you. They don't have to use any explicatives in and all this, you know, MFs and all of that. They just low blow, leg swipe right there. Uh-oh. What? You going to this different level of zone. Okay, well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see tomorrow. Yeah, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Let me make sure I get a good night's rest tonight. Somebody going to get it. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. <laughs> because these guys are competitors, and that's how it's supposed to be. Right. One day somebody else, then you come back and you elevate your game, and then you com- it's called competition. And then, you know, and then all of a sudden, ah, I think he may have got the better of me today. Yeah, you know, I, I heard, uh, you know, uh, Ramona, you know, talking about somebody got to take a knee. How about this? I don't think there was ever a time I took a knee. Ever. 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 If I if I did, then that meant somebody was on top of me because they got mad and we got in a skirmish. Right. Yeah, there, there was never a time uh, in my mind. I always won. So that's what I'm supposed to think in my mind. So I don't know. Maybe you're in the trenches. That happens a little bit more often. But 
your skill guys is where it's always going to be friction because everybody's always giving the offense more credit than they should get throughout the time from the one-on-ones, the sevens. Oh, they didn't drop a ball. They completed all the balls. And you go, well, dang, man, as soon as he caught it, I touched him. Now, right. if I would have went at him, he, it would have been an incomplete ball. Right. You know, depending on where the location of the ball was. Uh, so that's where the competition starts really getting a little loud. And then special teams. Because you notice, through two days, haven't heard anybody talk about the one-on-ones with the O-line and the D-line. Those are going on. Those are going on. Where, where, where's the 907? What's going on down there? Yeah. Guess what? All games we could talk about, the passing game all we want to, every game is won in the trenches. Mm-hmm. That's why the Titans destroyed the Falcons. It was there up front. They, they, couldn't, they couldn't block them. I don't care what string you were. They couldn't block any of the strings that the Titans had consistently. Mm-hmm. So that's what I, I want to see what's going on there. I mean, we're not going to hear about Derrick Henry. He's not running. So oh, what, no. what, is, what is Sargent doing in, in team period? Uh, McNichols. You know Evans, Darrington, you know, he's injured. If I'm if I McNichols, I'm thinking I pick up a blitz on third down. I've been doing it here for – he's been hanging around here for, what, two years, parts of two years? Hey, Darrington Evans, if you can't stay healthy, okay, I'll stick around another year. I'm going to practice. I mean, Nichols. You got the Hill kid from the Falcons. Yeah. And he's been, I, I made a note Monday night. He was with the threes. Yeah, he was. Yeah. So, so you got McNichols, McNichols, who's still kind of ahead of him. He's not the biggest dude, but he'll throw himself in front of anybody. That dude runs hard. You know, I mean, yeah. he's, he plays special teams. I, I feel like I haven't seen him a lot this year compared to the previous preseason games that I've gotten to see him, uh, you know, I guess two years ago. I really thought, uh, and he eventually made the roster, but they picked him up later after they cut him. Okay, let me ask you this, because that's a great and, point. And I, I liked him. I liked him then, and they eventually brought him back, but only because of injuries. Right. Do you think it's because they know what he can do? He's been on the team. So it's like, okay, we know what he can do. Let's see what Sargent can do. Let's see what Brian Hill can do, because we don't know what they can do in our system. But they do know McNichols. Do you think there's something to that? Or it's just maybe in the next game he'll play a whole lot. They just haven't gotten around to him yet. Well, I can give you two sides of it, but as a player, first and foremost, if I'm the backup and, I, you know, when somebody goes down and I'm not out there, I'm a little pissed. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm perturbed. Like, okay, why is Sergeant ahead of me now? And you can talk, oh, well, we use this packet. No, I'm not trying to hear that. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm trying to earn a roster spot. I don't care if you saw me two years ago. This is the time that I get the most playing time that I ever going to get, during a, even if I'm on the roster at the regular season. So, no, I don't like it as a player. Now, from a coach's point of view, they could be saying, hey, man, yeah, we kind of we, we know what McNichols can do. But whenever you're a depth guy, you're always out to prove something yeah. every practice. So you can say you want to see what Sergeant, well, what do you mean? Y'all didn't do that for me. Right. You could flip it now. Well, you didn't do that for me. I had to earn it the hard way. Yep. He needs to do the same thing. He needs to sit his butt behind me and run with the threes behind the three line. Yeah. And see how he likes those apples. Uh-huh. As soon as you get the ball, you get smashed. Or there's no crease, nowhere to go. Right. So, I, you know, yeah, it shows me that the whatever Sargent has showed them, they felt like he deserved to be on that field and get to play somewhat with the twos. Yeah. Once, a lot. Yeah, he did. And they, and actually, McNichols went out there at first, him and, and blasting game, and then you see them running off the field 
And Sergeant going out there. And then you can see Sergeant ran the play. He thought he was coming right back out. Yep. He turned and looked and was like, like running. Back. They go, no, no. You could tell they must have waved him like, no, nah, stay. We like, we, we like what we've seen in practice. We want to see you a little bit more in this game. Yep. Yeah, so from a Nichols point of view, that didn't, that didn't look good. Because we know Evans and the King is going to be there. For sure. So regardless if he's on our or not, now maybe that'll open up a spot. Uh, I don't know the extent of, you know, Darrington Evans' injury, but being a former running back, I would be a little perturbed. I want to showcase. Because guess what? All you have is the film, and you're only as good as your last play. That's it. I'm, I'm, I'm hot. Like right now, if I was a running back, if I'm McNichols, oh, somebody, somebody's about to get some fish grease today. At the practice, somebody was going to get hammered. Blitz, they better watch out. I'm going to take knee or I'm going to hit them dead in the jaw. One of them, I would be hot. H-Town McNichols out there today. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If you don't have that kind of mindset playing in the National Football League, it will stand for not for long. No doubt. You got to have this chip on you that, hey, man, I'm not that dude. I'm not that dude to get messed with. So, yeah. Boys, they better watch. (laughs) That's what to me. That's what makes the preseason or stories about guys like that. Yeah, I I love it. I love watching. I mean, you're watching people fight for their NFL, their football lives in real time. Every practice, every snap, like you said, every every play of every practice, every preseason game, they're punching and fighting and kicking and clawing just to stay. And sometimes you go even further than you ever even imagined that you could. Yeah. Because you're that, I'm going to call it this, desperate. My, my, my rookie year, I, I felt like I couldn't, you, you know, you're playing on all the special teams. You're starting on a defense or the offense, whatever side you're on. And you feel like, hey, man, my, my legs feel like noodles right now. I have nothing in the tank. And guess what? You find it. You keep digging deep, deeper than you've ever had. And, that, and that's when you're, you're fighting for your football life. Well, we're going to keep fighting through this Thursday. Good stuff from the hitman. Who knows what it's like to come in the league and fight for his football life. Uh, that's real talk right there. Titans Amy with some real talk next. She's in Tampa Bay. Let's get the uh, on-the-ground scoop next from the lady they call Titans Amy. Amy Wells next on Blaine and Mickey. Blade and Mickey one oh four five the zone. You know, when you when you're not in Tampa, you got to find out who is in Tampa. You got to get that person on the phone. And then when you find out it's Titans Amy, you're even happier because anytime we get Amy Wells on the show, we love it. Titans Amy, how in the world are you? How is we're calling you from Rain Nashville. How is the weather in beautiful Tampa, Florida right now? Well, Mickey, first, it is so good to talk to you guys. I can tell you it is definitely not raining, <laughs> but it is approximately 398 degrees. Oh, so, wow. Well, you um, in the sauna? <laughs> it's pretty, it is balmy down here. Oh. I think we've got a, it's been in the the mid-90s, but the heat indices are in the low 100s. Okay. Um, and I'm feeling every bit of the 103, 104. So it is um, warm and humid because we are in Florida, but um, not raining. It is sunny, and you definitely feel like you're in Florida. So there is that going for us, I guess. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's hot. 
We're on with Titans Amy. And, and Amy, did, have you uh, – people have been posting pictures of gator, you know, alligators and, and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, is that real or is that just people, you know, going to, you know, a side pond or something and, and seeing these uh, alligators? Oh, Blaine, this has been uh, – I don't do creatures well. I don't either. I don't me, either. I'm don't, with you. I don't navigate animal life super well. So when I found out that there were alligators – adjacent to the property i was not amused so there's a little pond kind of in behind the practice fields next to the bucks indoor facility there's a little pond it's lovely nice little water feature um apparently there are two alligators that have been spotted i've confirmed it from multiple people who were eyewitnesses to the alligators i did not see them so that's probably best for everyone involved but I'm pretty confident that they were there. The good news is there's a gate that surrounds this pond. So I felt pretty good about it. I was like, oh, it's gated off. I mean, I don't, I don't know much about alligators, but I don't think they're climbers. So I was like, we'll be fine with the fence. Um, the gate was wide open, all of practice. Oh, so oh, if there was some my. sort of okay. an alligator stampede, like we would have been toast. I mean, no <laughs> chance. Um, again, don't know much about alligators. They may not actually rush you like what's in my brain, but, um, either way I had my head on a swivel for the entirety of the time that we were Uh, at the Bucks training facility. I I feel for you because I fear for, uh, animals like that, that I don't know a lot about. And Mm -hmm. if I saw one, I would have been paranoid. I would have got nothing accomplished watching the practice because I would have kept looking over my shoulder, just wondering (laughs) if something... Like, if you saw one literally, let's say, mm, let's say 20 yards away from you, what would you have done? Here's what I was told, because... Um, don't I don't happen- run, right? <laughs> no, I happen to be married to someone who grew up in Florida and therefore is able to help me out with this. Okay. So you are supposed to run away in a zigzag yeah. pattern because they can't change direction super well. fast so zigzag your way away from the alligator oh go. oh good tip there oh, this man. is this is the only survival oh. technique i know oh. i can't help you do anything else watch get this. away I... from an alligator i'm there oh man watch this i don't think you've ever run from bullets but i, I hear that that's what you're supposed to do if somebody's <laughs> at, you know shooting bullets yeah, so. I, yeah. <laughs> I would not stand a chance running from bullets that would be a very different situation and a lot of things have probably gone wrong <laughs> Leading up to me being in that situation. I just had to sneak that in. We're over tight, Amy Wells. A.K.A. AKA alligator Amy, who joins us. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, I, I'm a survivalist. I don't know if you were well. I, I realized that when I got carjacked, by the way. That, that's yes, how I he do told that. me he was running through a parking lot in an Atlanta supermarket in a zigzag pattern while yeah. someone drove yeah. away in his straight gun in their hand. I was like, oh my gosh, what am I supposed to do? And I just randomly just start zigzagging. I don't know. Zigzag. I didn't I had no idea that that was off. I just said, nope, if he hits me, he better hit a moving target. I hope he can. There you go. See, that's smart. Thinking on your feet, Blaine. That's good. Oh, I feel yeah. like we're I teaching. The, we're, the kids are learning today. It's a very educational yeah. segment yeah, we, here. We've talked so much about the Titans. It has. Uh, <laughs> well, I, obviously you weren't mad at those alligators, but Mike Vrabel certainly was mad. He was asked for an assessment assessment of practice, and his first words were, I guess, it sucked. He was He was not happy today. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Day two of practice is always a little more intense when you're doing these joint practices because they, you have all of day one's experiences and film and evaluations that you're building on. 
So it's not fresh. You're not catching anybody off guard on day two. So it gets a little bit more intense and it gets a little bit more chippy and they're, everybody's competing right now. You know, there are so many guys who are just desperately trying to make a roster at this time of the year. That's what it comes down to. We saw the first round of cuts happened earlier this week and it becomes a little bit more real. I mean, with only a couple guys that are in that first wave, you've got to get from 90 to 85, but still people that you knew are no longer in the locker room with you. So guys are out here competing and working and grinding, and it's hot, hot. So there's a lot of things that kind of lead up to a day like today. And so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that maybe the Titans didn't do as well as Mike Vrabel, Mike Vrabel was hoping they would do. I saw a lot of good things, but I am also not a evaluator of an entire football team. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think there are some things that he was frustrated for, but the Titans have, I mean, another day here, they'll have meetings and then they have a walkthrough tomorrow that they'll be able to get a bunch of stuff ironed out. And then there's the game on Saturday. So still a long way to go for the Titans team. Uh, Amy, I guess, tell us kind of how the, give us a picture of what the practices are when they, you know, the offense is on one side and then the defense is on another field. Like, which one are you watching or are you periodically going to different fields or are you doing both at the same time? Kind of give us the layout and then how are you watching the, the practices? Yeah, uh, joint practices are just sensory overload. There's so many things going on on at once. But, yeah, you're 100% right for a lot of the team drills. They'll divide up offense on one side, defense on the other side. So we've got two fields going, and, uh, you know, the Bucks will do the reverse of that. Um, and so, yeah, you kind of – I divided it up. I watched defense yesterday. So today I did offense, which really just m- changes where you're standing. Um, so I stood where I could see more offensive things, whereas yesterday I stood where I could see more defensive things. Um, but, yeah, you just kind of zone in, and I, I want to see what some guys are doing. I really had a – a lot of fun watching the receivers today get some work done, um, watching the tight ends work, watching the uh, running backs, seeing what they were working on. I mean, it's just you try and ration out your time, I guess, so that you're making sure that you at least get a sense or a taste of what each position group is working on because they're doing different stuff all the time. And then, you know, they'll break up for a while and they'll do some individual stuff and, you know, just some team-specific things, and then they'll get back together and start working again. High energy, high intensity. It's really a fun thing to be a part of, but there's so many things to look at and so many different battles to watch. And with this Titans team, there's so many exciting position groups to be watching right now. You've kind of got to pick and choose where you're going to be looking at any second. Well, since you were watching offense, I guess kind of tell us a little bit about what you saw out of the receivers that did practice. We all know the the big two didn't practice. And then also Ferkser uh, and what he was accomplishing out there. Uh, I was seeing some of the interviews talking about uh, he was a tough cover for some of those linebackers. Yeah, watching the uh, wide receivers was great because there's a lot of exciting people to watch. Someone who stood out, I mean, all weekend has been Nick Westbrook Aquina. He just keeps showing up. He's a guy that no matter what drill you were doing or no matter what the situation was, he's catching the football, he's making plays. Um, so it's been great to see him kind of take that next step and really kind of come into his own as a receiver with this Titans team. Uh, Josh Reynolds 
it was said that he had his best day as a Titan yesterday. So in that first day, and today he followed it up with another day that was, um, you know, Josh Reynolds doing what you expect to see a veteran player do, being consistent, making plays with his numbers called. So that has been fun. And Mason Kinsey, he really caught my attention um, in last week's preseason game against the Falcons. And so now watching him kind of follow that up and you can see that he's got some more confidence and you can see that he's just kind of playing a little bit more now than thinking, thinking, thinking. Um, that's been really fun to watch. So I had a great time watching the receivers today. And receivers are so fun because as someone – even like if you don't have a deep understanding of football, you know, like catch ball good, drop ball bad. So like there's some excitement in watching receivers work. Um, watching Anthony Ferkser, because you mentioned that earlier, and the rest of the tight ends was great. Ferkser has become this consistent veteran present. And it's been really great to see the way that he has kind of changed his body, the way that he's changed his physicality a little bit. I mean, my man is not just a pass catcher anymore. He's able to do so much more, and he's kind of grown into that number one tight end spot. So that's been great. And a guy like Tommy Hudson had a really strong day too. He was someone who caught my attention just because he was able to get a couple extra reps. His number was called a lot, and he was making plays when he was out there. So that was a lot of names, I know, but there were a lot of things that I was looking at today, and it was it was a blast. I had so much fun when I wasn't sweating and dying. <laughs> no doubt about alligators. it. Or zigzag running from alligators, right. but that's a whole other right. story. But what a name you did, you did not mention that receiver is Des Fitzpatrick. Give us an update. Where's he at? How is he looking? Well, I, I don't know what that voice means. Um, <laughs> I don't know. And he looks like, I mean, he looks like a guy in training camp is kind of supposed to look when they're brand new. I mean, he's a guy that's been out there, and he he's working, and he's trying to get it better. And, yeah, I mean, you see coaches get on him a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. his attention has been grabbed multiple times by the coaching staff. But he's working. He keeps showing up. He keeps grinding. He, I mean, multiple times he has been the first person out on the practice field. Like, he's a guy that is still trying to figure it out and find his place. But it's training camp, and he's never played in the National Football League before. So that's kind of how this goes sometimes, you know? So I think, I, I think that there is not a thing to worry about with him yet. <laughs> we still have work to be done. We still have preseason games to be played. He still has some time to find his niche and find his place within this offense. So we're going to, we're all just going to keep watching the guy as he keeps working. Well, with Titans, Amy Wells, Titans, Amy, no doubt. That was some fantastic stuff on the offense. And like you said, it's a lot of names. That's okay. People are here to hear the names. So that's, that's fantastic. So let's ask you this for all the DBs and the guys on the defensive side of the ball, Amy, you get to go down there and face the goat, Tom Brady, and they're, their receiver room is absolutely loaded. What did you see from the Titans' defense over the last couple of days, and especially maybe from some of these these younger DBs and maybe some of the DBs that Titans fans don't know too well well yet, a lot of new faces. What did you see in their performance? There are a lot of new faces out there. There are a lot of guys that we wanted to see and didn't really have as much of a chance to see. I mean, a guy like Christian Fulton, I watched them yesterday. It was when I really hung out with the – 
defensive side of the ball, so some of this might be a day old. But Christian Fulton played really, really well yesterday. He had a great day. Caleb Farley is faster than – and I knew he's like a fast, fast, fast man. Golly, the way that he can close space with some of the Bucks like top receivers, incredible. He is so fast. And it's been fun to watch him kind of take the next step, make that next jump in his progression as a rookie, you know, figuring it out and learning what he needs to be doing and how he needs to be doing it. He's been fun to watch, but that speed, man, it just gets me every time. Um, who else? Janoris Jenkins, we know, is a great guy. He, I mean, he is a, a pro's pro when it comes to being a defensive back, and he is just, wherever the ball is, so is he. He's just right there all the time. I'm trying to think. Those are the names that really jumped out at me. Guys like Amani Hooker, he was doing Amani Hooker things. Kevin Byard, of course, is Kevin Byard. I mean, those guys have really stepped into that position and are really taking advantage of the two of them getting in sync together, Amani and Kevin Byard. Um, and Amani taking on more of a leadership role. That's something that he continues to show up and kind of be in that space um, as one of the guys that some of these younger kids are looking to to provide some guidance. So that's been really good. A lot of fun things to watch. It is very evident that that part of the defense was a huge point of emphasis in the offseason because it looks just so much different than secondaries that we've seen in the past. On with Titans, Amy. Amy Wells joining us live from Tampa, Florida. Uh, yes, I know, uh, you know, A.J. Brown and Julio aren't practicing. Uh, do we know if they're actually going to even practice at all or, or they're just not going to be on this this trip and not even in the preseason? Well, so today was the last of the joint practices. Tomorrow's just a walkthrough, and the teams are going to be separate for that. So if there's any – they weren't out on the field today. Might participate in walkthrough. I don't know anything about that and what is scheduled exactly for that walkthrough. And then we have the game on Saturday. If at all they will see the field, I have no idea. I don't really think that the coaching staff has even made that determination yet. Mike Vrabel said that there's a lot of people that they still haven't really determined what their snap count's going to be on Saturday or what that's going to look like. But we'll all see once we get to game time. It's coming up. It's just around the corner. Right. I, yeah, that's what I'm assuming. So since Tannehill practice, would you make an assumption that he'll be playing at least 10 plays or, or at least a series, maybe? Now, Blaine, I am not in the business of making assumptions at all. They know <laughs> what to say about assumptions. Well, he did practice. A.J. Brown, J.J. did not practice. So I, you know, He did that... practice. Ryan Tannehill did practice today. Um, yeah. I have no idea. Mike, I mean, Mike Vrabel straight up said, we haven't gotten that far yet. Like, we haven't made those decisions. You'll see on Saturday. So, I mean, if he doesn't know, I certainly don't know. Okay, cool. Now, I know we always talk about the one-on-ones with the skill guys because everybody's, you know, fascinated with the skill guys, offense, receivers, and DBs. But have you watched a little bit of the O-line, D-line do one-on-ones, or have they been doing that? Well, you know, uh, when I've caught the line – work both offense and defensive line mm-hmm. it's been in like the bigger team period i haven't seen they very well could have been doing one-on-one drills where the two of them are going back and forth i haven't been in those spaces you know they always put the big guys somewhere kind of way where far they away on top right. of everybody else <laughs> over by the alligators <laughs> right right over by the alligator that's exactly where they've been too <laughs> so i'm not even heading over to the alligator space 
Um, but I have seen them working when they've had some bigger team drills, and especially this offensive line. It's been really fun to watch because a guy like Dylan Radens has been able to get so much work, and he's able to keep growing and uh, getting more time in a couple different spots along the offensive line. So that's been really good to see um, and watch him kind of work. There were a couple O-linemen that didn't go today. So it's been really great to see Dylan Radens, good gravy, Dylan Radens get some of those extra reps and get all that experience because he's been such a fun player to watch. All good stuff uh, with Titans, Amy. I guess lastly, you know, all the fans want to know what was going on with the, the pushing and shoving? Who were involved and what happened? Did you get to ask questions about, you know, I know it all settled down. Nobody was coming off the bench or anything like that. But uh, who was involved in those? And did they even go into detail why, why that happened? I think a lot of it was just competing. It was day two. There's, everybody's competing. Everyone's going up against each other. You know, you've got a whole day to get fired up about things that happened in day one. You've got plays you're trying to make. You've got people pushing it all the way to the whistle, if not a little bit beyond. Like, people are really just trying to make an impact. And, man, I mean, I'll tell you what. It was so hot out there. I would have fought somebody if they were pushing and shoving on me. It was hot, hot, hot. So I think all of those factors kind of came together into one kind of perfect storm, if you will. And I mean, I don't make too much of it other than it was a million degrees and these guys had gone up against each other two days in a row and everyone was working really hard. So while, I mean, you never want to see fights and I know that the coaching staff probably isn't tickled about um, some of those things just because they take up time. And you only have a limited amount of time where you're in these practices. So I think that that is the biggest thing that was lost in all of that. But these things also happen in training camp. So I don't think it's anything out of the ordinary. Well, Amy, I really appreciate everything you've given us today. But I must get your hot take. And this is, this is not the tough question. It's more so just your observation. You're down there. Who won day one and who won day two? The Titans or Tampa Bay? All the fans want to know. Well, it depends on your scoring system. <laughs> it all depends on your scoring system. Personally, I think the Titans win every day. But I don't know. I can't, uh, Honestly, r- giving you a serious answer, I couldn't even tell you because I was very focused on one side one of the ball. One side of the ball because they had a split. Yeah. yeah. So I, I didn't get a full sense of how things were going on the other field. I just wasn't even over there that much. I have laser focus on the wide receivers and the tight ends and the running backs. That was me today. Yeah, that's how I would be too. There's no way I could say I might be asking everybody else, well, what happened on that field? Because I'd be watching back and forth and not lose out on the field I'm watching. Right, exactly. If you move too much, you miss things. So you've got to just pick a spot and focus in. Gotcha. Titans Amy. Well, thanks for picking a spot with us today. We appreciate you hanging out, Titans Amy. Can't wait to hear you and Coach Mack and uh, Red and Mike Keith and everybody. 6.30 kickoff on Saturday night in Tampa Bay. Going to be fun. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. We are so excited. Um, Everybody tune in. We're going to have a blast on Saturday. There you go. Says Titans Amy. You can follow her at Titans Amy on Twitter. Thanks, Amy. Stay cool. Thanks, guys. Yes, ma'am. Out there dodging the alligators and watching football in Tampa. When we come back, we put a question out there. We ask you, our director of content, Blank Bishop, hit me this morning. He goes, let's hit the people. You're the director of content, except uh, except uh, your promotion. We are me, you, and Lucas. No, No, you're talking about Juke in there. Juke is not. Yeah. (laughs) 
And you Blaine is our director it. of content. He asked a question. Put on your Titans GM hat. So we have a general manager question for you. It's also a question at Blaine and Mickey Twitter. Check it out. We'll ask you the question when we come back. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. So here's what we ask you to do. Put on your general manager hat. You get to be J-Rob for a minute. You got to make a hard decision because... I did see a video, and I will give I will give credit where credit is due. I, a couple of different people tweeted it out. It had been A to Z Sports. Maybe Teron Davenport had a, had a bunch of different videos that he put out. Um, but Desert's Patrick making up contested catch in the end zone, a one on one play. He did make at least a catch. I saw I saw the video, but he struggled a whole lot. So we put this question out today. Put on your Titans GM hat. After what you've seen so far, what would you do with Des Fitzpatrick? Would you cut him? Or the second choice was, you've got to keep a fourth rounder. Third choice, still haven't decided. 23.9% already saying they would cut him. About 30%, uh, just under 28.7%. Some The vote just changed as I'm reading this. 28.7% say you've got to keep a fourth rounder. So about a fourth say cut him. About a fourth say you can't cut a fourth rounder. Uh, 47 and a half. So about half the people say they still haven't decided. Now he's got two more preseason games. He's got a lot of practices. It was a fourth round pick. So his contract deal you for put years, him on IR. Mysterious illness. Yeah. Mysterious injury. Right. What happened, man? You, <laughs> your ankle doesn't look right. Your, your calf is kind of tight. Have you got a limp? Is it, is it sore? Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you want it to be sore coach. Yep. It's sore. It's super sore. Mm-hmm. IR. Mm-hmm. That's how you save it. But you never know. They may, you know, they may cut him and see and then bring him back on practice squad. I don't know if, if he doesn't get a lot of production. A lot of people going to be like, ooh, <sighs> I don't know. I think there'd be somebody, though, who had a seventh-round grade on him and be like, hey, man, let's pick him up. He doesn't make anything. Let's just pick him up. Well, if they had a seventh-round grade, but he's still, he's still in the fourth round. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You try to sneak him through, but maybe you're not trying to sneak him through. <laughs> That's not good and, and I asked Coach Mack this, and you told me this. Both of you guys told me the same things. So I'm like, well, you know, how do you how do you help a guy like that? How do you get him out of his own head? And and you said it, and then Coach Mack basically said it. This big boy, Coach Mack looked at me and said, Mickey, Mickey, this big boy football, Mickey. <laughs> and I get it. But still, you invested in this guy. Before you traded three picks to get him. I mean, I, I know you can't hold his hand, but holy cow, that'd be a lot of capital to flush down the toilet. And and with receivers, sometimes it sometimes it seems to take guys a little bit longer. So maybe if you feel like, okay, if we find some way to play that, maybe he's your seventh receiver. Seventh receiver's not going to dress on game day anyway. Maybe he's the number seventh receiver that you keep and you just don't dress him until you feel like he could not get out there and, and hurt what you're trying to do. But that's a lot of capital to cut. And I get it. Sometimes you just got to say, hey, man. Don't have a spot for you. You didn't make it. Sorry. We're just going to eat a fourth-round pick and the three picks we paid for you. Bye. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going to come up this whole situation here with them. Uh, I want to say they, I'm, I'm going to say they're going to IR him. Give him some more time, and then he can come back off our, you know, practice, then be on the practice squad or something like that. Because you gave up too much, and, you, and he has a lot of upside. It just now he's kind of stuck in this dormant area, and he's kind of, you know, losing his confidence. Yep. I mean, if you're having three drops in a row on the same route, it is definitely in your head. And that's where it becomes, as a coach for me, if I'm the personal individual coach, 
I'm now building his confidence. I'm patting him on the back, say, hey, got to look the ball in, you know, make sure, you know, do the fundamental things that we've taught you or that you've done 50 billion times and don't worry about all the other things. At the end of the day, you can run a perfect route. If you're going to catch it, it doesn't matter. Uh, so, you know, he's out there probably thinking and trying to, and he's pressing, just relax. It's just like playing little leagues, man. Just go out there and have some fun. And you want to kind of reinforce that periodically throughout the time because obviously when the head coach says something, you're a young player. You're not a veteran player, even though it's big boy football. He's still a young player. He's a rookie. Uh, so he's starting to feel the heat. Uh, and he's not lived up to the billing of his draft, you know, status. So that's, that's a lot of pressure. And, uh, you know, you want to make him feel as comfortable as possible because as an individual coach, it's your responsibility to get the best out of him sooner than later. Right. And so I, I think now is the time to give him support after you see that. And then he hasn't done a lot out there at Tampa. I'm sure he's had some flashes of some decent stuff. But overall, we're still not seeing a We're hearing about, you know, Akina. We're not, we're not, you know, we're hearing how well he did. We heard Amy Wells, but she didn't mention that the draft pick, Fitzpatrick, and she didn't mention him. Like, oh, yeah, he's, we had to ask. So he's not standing out alone. Right. It's like spotty. And Akina caught a couple on Monday night over here mm-hmm. in front of everybody yes. who was watching. So Akina's like, I'm about to lose. Because Akina was on the team last year, if people don't remember. remember yeah. Primarily, he played special teams as well as he, he played some receiver. He did. And he caught the one pass from Logan Woodside on, what, a fake punt or something. Yeah. It was a good catch. So that dude was on the team last year. Some a fire got lit under his butt. He's like, I'm getting beat by, right now by Chester Rogers and Marcus Johnson and probably uh, uh, 12. Um, um, Kinsley. Uh, Kinsey, Mason, Mason Kinsey. I got to start showing up. And so he's been showing up in practice. It, to his credit, he's at least given everything he's got. And if he gets cut, he can go, hey, man, you know, I, I, I put it together. It just wasn't enough in the end. But And I would say he's got to be ahead of Fitzpatrick. He's got to right yeah, now. There's no doubt. There's no way he's not. Yeah, so Playing-wise. And I even think nobody's talking about him. I haven't watched him, but just because I know his background, McMahon, uh, he seems like he's a special teamer. Yeah, I watched him in college. This guy can run down and make tackles. And Fitzpatrick is like foreign language to him. He's never played special teams before in his life. Yeah. So you better learn how to tackle real quick. Yeah. Or you're going to be on the practice squad or somebody's practice squad or an IR or something. And all these safeties that keep getting brought in, they do the same thing a receiver does on special teams, bro. That That's that's more people to compete with you for the job that you would get if you were here. Right. It, the day and age when you're a backup and you're not getting a lot of playing time on offensive defense and you're not contributing on special team is over. Yeah. Sorry. You better bring some in. Even if you're not the starter, you better be able to back them up or give somebody a rest to go out there on special teams. And I mean, be productive like as though you start. And receiver, oh, yeah, run down and make a tackle. Yeah, make the tackle. Yep. You're tall, long, and fast for a reason. Go down there. Even if you missed a tackle, you made him move his feet so everybody else can go get him. That's Sorry. It. You can't do that. No can do. Bye. Bye. We got- I, you know, I would love to be in those conversations. I know we have to go. Like Vrabel sitting down with JR, and naturally they made the decision together. But, you know, Vrabel was sitting there saying, hey, man, there, there's no spot for him. Right. And then JR's like, but we gave up so much. We got to, you know, kind of keep him, right? I got seven, eight guys better than him yeah. right now at the same position. And you go, 
we can't we can't keep him. He, he practice squad. We got to see if he makes it through the waiver wire. Okay, all right. You sure? Like, <laughs> like how is that conversation happening? Uh, uh, uncomfortable. And and they got a good relationship, I'm sure, and they're going to talk about it. But that's but a tough conversation. At the end of the day, yep, because the blame is going to go to the GM. Yeah. yeah, yep, no doubt about it. And you can have a great draft, but one pick. It's supposed to be a contributor in the fourth round in this day and age. Guys are contributing immediately, especially a receiver with all the development in seven on seven. Right. That's why I'm stunned that he's kind of hit pause here and not continue to, you know, accelerate up the ladder instead of being the same or maybe going down because he's dropping balls. We got to accelerate to our number two. Uh, we're halfway through the Thursday show, about 20 minutes away from Coach Doug Matthews. All the latest on the Vols. They've been scrimmaging. They've been doing things. Coach knows what's up. He'll share that with you, so you will want to stick around. Headlines next on Blaine and Mickey.